Validas Tool and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oskar Slotosch. Hello, my name is Oskar Slotosch. I'm your expert in tool qualification and library qualification. And I'm Ivana Kuricic, your friendly representative of the audience. In this podcast, we support you in building a safe and compliant infrastructure for your software development. It's about the safety of tools and libraries that can be achieved by qualification. Before we start this episode, we wanted to let you know that this will be the last episode of the first season of our podcast. Of course, next year we will be continuing with season two, where we will be answering your questions and doubts about topics in tool and library qualification and beyond. Please enjoy this episode. Episode 43 is about TCA-SW. What is TCA-SW? Well, TCA stands for Tool Chain Analyzer, and that's our modeling tool by which we model tool chains. And SW simply stands for software. So TCA-SW is our extension of the TCA to model software. So over the course of this podcast, we've discussed a lot about the TCA and how Validus uses it to make the qualification of tools and libraries more efficient and more reliable. What is special about the TCA-SW? Well, TCA-SW is uh, an extension for software, as I said, and tool and the software is, uh, well, in the first thing, from the safety point of view, completely different things. But there are so many similarities between tools and software that we thought, oh, it's just a small extension for our TCA, and then we can also model software. And we have structures in software, we have architectures, we have requirements, and a lot of things that are important to software that we can also find for tools. And therefore, it's not a so big difference to make it also available for software. And of course, since we are doing tool and library qualification, we are targeting to libraries. So how does the TCA-SW differ from the way you're addressing tools, for example? Well, the, the differences, maybe we start with the commonalities and then come up to the differences. So the common things between uh, the TCA and TCA-SW or between a tool and a software is that the tool has a structure, has an architecture, and uh, we model this using features. So we have a feature of a tool. Let's say a tool can measure code coverage and there are sub-features. It can measure MCDC code coverage, function coverage, call coverage, and there might be even sub-features of features and sub-features. So this is a feature tree that describes in the TCA uh, how we or which uh, features a tool has. And it's obviously a well thing to group them hierarchically. And there are also, there are also um, the dependencies between features. So if a tool feature, let's say you have a tool qualification report generator and you have a, a feature analyze known bugs and you have a feature generate word report. So then the tool qualification report generator requires the feature word report generation and also test result analysis. So there are dependencies between those uh, um, features. And also there are inputs and outputs. So a feature tool qualification report generator takes a model, takes a template and generates 
the tool qualification report, so there are inputs and outputs. Well, and then let's look to the software. For the software, we have also a hierarchy. So you can uh, have different architectures that describe the hierarchy. I'll come to this also with the differences. So you have a tree. Let's say you have a component and a subcomponent and a function and a subfunction. Those are typical hierarchies in, in software. And of course, you have also inputs and outputs. So if you have a function maximum that computes the maximum of two numbers and you have two inputs, let's say x and y, and you have one output that is the maximum number. So that's input and output. And you also have dependencies. So if, uh, for example, one function to compute the scene value of a, uh, of a floating point, uh, this might require and uh, use another function and call another function, for example, to shift uh, the value by 2 pi. And then these function is uh, requiring the other function. So this is very similar structure that we observe between tools that have an architecture, of course, and software that has an architecture and has input and output. So those are the common things. And the differences? So when you qualify a tool, you don't care about the architecture. So typically, we just say the tool has those features and uh, this is in the feature tree and we're going to mitigate those features and qualify other features. So that's a typical architecture of the tool, but nobody cares really about it. Well, in software, you do care because that is more critical for the safety standards and you have to, well, think about the architecture. You need to analyze the architecture and the risks of the architecture. And then the question is, what kind of architectures we have? And of course, just saying it's a tree is not really sufficient to describe the architecture of a software. Well, many softwares are structured in file system trees. So you can have a folder as part of the software architecture. You can have subfolders, but within a folder, you might have a class or you might have a, um, a source code or you might have a unit and um, you might have a file in it. And uh, you can also structure the software architecture in different things. So for example, you have a task as a, as, a, as a unit and other software don't have tasks. So in principle, it's also a tree, but every node in the tree has a different kind. So you can have a kind of the architecture, which is a class or which is a method or which is uh, an atomic thing, a unit. Um, though those are the different kinds we assign to the features. And of course, for the tools, we don't need the kinds. We just say, this is a feature tree. Uh, but for the software architecture, we have kinds, folders, files, and so on. That's the difference. And there are other uh, smaller differences, for example, also for the data. In, in the tool chain, you just say, I have an artifact that goes in and goes out, but you don't care if this is a parameter, if this is a global variable, if this is a, a constant or something like that. So those are also kinds of artifacts. So you have kinds of features and you have kinds of artifacts. And in addition, we in TCA have not a real hierarchy in the artifact. So you have a, every artifact is an artifact on its own, but you don't have really sub artifacts that are grouped together like a date consists of a year, a month and a day. We don't have this on the tool level, but on the software level, you have those kind of structures, which are very important to say, okay, my, my date record is a record with three subcomponents year, date, and month. So this is also a difference. And the TCA SW 
contain some additional attributes to specify those differences and different elements we don't need in the TCA, but we have it in TCA SW. Something I'd like to ask you, because we are discussing the TCA SW, how do these differences in, in data and in the kinds or types of artifacts and features that we find in software, how do they affect the actual procedure of qualification or analysis? How much complexity do you deal with? Now that's a that's a good question. So um, when we classify a tool or chain, or when we qualify a tool, we are complied with eight eleven, and then we have the compliance argumentation going through part eight eleven or other parts of other standards, and saying that's tool qualification and classification. But when we want to make software safe, we have to go through part six of ISO two six two six two, and uh, other parts, and therefore we have more requirements. And for example, one big part of the ISO 26262 in the software is the architecture. And we need to describe the architecture and we need to analyze the architecture. And um, therefore, we added those things. And of course, uh, the result of the architecture analysis is an architecture analysis report. And there is also an architecture and design uh, description report. And uh, there are those reports that are um, additional reports required for software that can be generated. By the way, the generation is done with a configurable report generator, which we developed for the TCASW in order to generate all those documents, because the TCASW is generating, I think, 20 or something like that different documents that are all required for the safety case. So that's also a difference of the TCASW. It generates all the documents you need for software. Because this is a special product at Validus, can you tell us which part of it you're most proud of? Which would you like to present to our listeners the most? Well, there are, I think the, there are two things that are very uh, cool features. One is the configurable report generator that I just mentioned. That is so good that we will uh, port it back to the ordinary TCA that allows also users then to uh, change the way how their tool qualification report is structured or um, printed. But the other feature, I think, is the representation, the graphical representation of the architecture. So when I was at university, we studied uh, um, uh, computer science and we draw images and how software structure can be modeled. And uh, I had a tool called Autofocus, which was uh, really uh, making a very modular and uh, clean structure of software. And we had to draw those images from hand, and then we can simulate the software. Well, and then TCASW has also a graphical representation of the software structure. But this you don't need to draw manually. This is generated automatically from the description. So you just say this is a, a, a software function or an architecture package with this sub packages, and then it shows you a graph. And then you can draw the inputs and the outputs and connect the subcomponents. And then you get automatically a graph that shows you how your software is structured. And that is one thing uh, we have used the same structuring mechanisms that we had in this award-winning tool at university. But, and that's why we are especially proud of, we did it not only for the data flow, but also for the dependencies. So we have two different kinds of of, uh, of lines. So we have the data flow lines, which are the solid lines, and we have the dashed lines that uh, visualize dependencies. 
And by doing this, you can visualize the data flow and the control flow within software components completely automatically. So this is really a, a nice feature. And of course, the um, software architecture description report contains all these features. So this was a, a nice exercise to do this with Graphis. When it comes to the applications of TCA SW, how have your successes turned out? Does it work as well as expected? Yeah, well, the, um, the, the main use case is uh, to um, make existing software components, or we call them prototypes, ISO compliant. And uh, that is really a challenge, but we have achieved it and have also successfully passed a TÜV assessment. So the TÜV assessed our safety case and said, well, this is a complete safety case. Everything that should be in is in. And we have done this for a customer in a real project. And that is, uh, in principle, the customer approached us and say, we have a prototype. Can you make it ISO compliant? And the interesting question is, um, we do not, uh, ISO 26262 does not uh, allow re-engineering. So how can we argue that this is not a re-engineering? This is a challenging thing. And I discussed this with TÜV and they said, okay, if you completely uh, start from scratch with the requirements and then develop the architecture and uh, make the units and test the units and integrate everything, then it's a development process. And that is a cool thing where we use this model. And the model is really containing all the specification. The TCASW model is containing all the specification and you start building it with building the requirements. The requirements are modeled in the use cases of the software. So those are the requirements. And then you have the required feature, go to the architecture, break it down, model the architecture in the TCASW, go to the units, test the units, reuse implementation, fix bugs if you find bugs, um, have a bug tracker, everything, and then go to the integration and um, system or um, complete acceptance test cases tested on, on the hardware. So this is really going once through the V. Um, even if the software is existing, you really start from the requirements and go through the V. And therefore, it's ISO 26262 compliant. But if the TCA-SW is this successful, when would you recommend a customer would contact you? If you can, technically speaking, help them out at any point, or is there a particular point in time where it's the best to start working on it? Typically, people uh, develop a product, and uh, once they've developed the product, they think, that is so cool, we would like <laughs> to add it to the car, and we would like to use it in the airplane or whatever. And then they have this prototyping uh, solution. And uh, many people are, or even pro most programmers are, oh, let's try this out. And if it's working, then they go to their boss and say, boss, I have did something really cool. Do you want to have a look at it? And many uh, good software is uh, developed from prototypes. And I think we found a way how we can make those prototypes really safe. And it's not just documenting the software you have. It really has also an impact. And if the software has a, a bug, we will find it. So that's really the, the idea of ISO 26262, to make the software safe and to build safe software. And that's what we are doing based on the existing prototypes. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Because normally when you would, ideally, if you would want to develop a safe product, you would have to start with the idea of getting a safe product in the end. But like this, you have an opportunity to kind of backtrack and fix things where you can see what's wrong with it. 
Yeah, and we have many solutions also for programming guidelines. For example, what is a programming guideline? So ISO 26262 requires to have programming guidelines. But if they didn't have a programming guideline... <laughs> Retroactively, yes. Yeah, but uh, what is what is then? So is it bad code or is it good code? And, um, well, our programming guideline is, and that is really also a good one, it has to be understandable code. Because safety is always about understanding and having redundancy. And if a customer comes with the code to us that we cannot understand, we cannot build a model. So one aspect is understandability and the other is being able to build a model. So if he comes with a software uh, which is a function that takes a million arguments and computes something, then it's uh, we cannot even model it. So the model gives us also some uh, restrictions from the size or, well, um, it doesn't make sense to have uh, huge images and then scroll up and down and do not understand it anymore. The software needs to be understandable. And by having understandable model uh, software and building models to it, uh, you will have good software. And that's a different approach to programming guidelines. Um, but nevertheless, we have good feeling with that. And we had also successful uh, certification of those guidelines and our argumentation. A successful certification. Yeah, well, it was a successful assessment report, not a certification, but it was done from TIFSUIT and they have a, a good way of working. Today I heard from IBM, well, you can really do re-engineering of software. That is so cool. Um, you just take a software prototype and make it ISO compliant with your approach. So I have I know so many people that use and, and need this. Two episodes ago, we have mentioned that Validas has a beautiful new updated product page with all the products. But if you look at it right now, it doesn't list the TCASW. Why not, Oscar? Yeah, that's a, a, a very good question. And we I think we should list it uh, <laughs> uh, sooner or later. So um, what we have there is a generic safety case. And this comes with a TCASW. And uh, the TCASW is just a part of this generic safety case because the generic safety case says you will be safe with your, uh, we can make your prototype safe by building this TCASW model. So therefore, um, this is something where it uh, is included and where we have also mentioned it, I think, somewhere. But how can people get it? So um, it's not downloadable and it's not evaluable. So we have um, made it with a customer like this. So we built this model, then the customer didn't uh, need to bother about it. And then we presented the, the models and the reports to the customer and say, okay, if you want to update those things, you can use TCASW here and we make a training with you. And um, uh, you can update the model, change the specification, add new functions here and there and generate new reports. Important is, of course, also once the model is updated, the verification validation has to be done at least for the changed parts and the impacted parts. So that's, of course, something that uh, needs to be followed. But those are the processes and we teach our customers also to use this if they are interested in having all the benefits. So if somebody does want to take it out for a spin, they should just contact you. Yeah, so would uh, love to talk. Validas, safety for your tools and libraries. Contact us at www.validas.de and ask for a free strategy talk.
well, I cannot really name the example because it's uh, it's not disclosed yet, and it's the customer that might disclose it if he uh, feels so. Um, what was the situation? So, customer said to us, uh, "Oh, we have uh, overlooked this small library here. Can you make it compliant with our process? It would take a year, and can you close this gap?" And uh, we said, "Well, we can do this in three months." And well, after four months, we have been done, so almost completed. But by far faster than their own internal process would have been. So this is something with the model and all the generators, you are very fast in doing so. So I think having, uh, and that's why we are also focusing on libraries, having small libraries that are critical is definitely a good application area. When you are a big OEM like BMW or Volkswagen and you want to make your software safe and you have millions of lines of code and you want to develop it, well, I wouldn't say it's a bad idea, but it is not uh, the main um, our main goal to um, use uh, those uh, big uh, models and many users working on the same model. And it's a small thing for for library developing and qualification of libraries. So I think for the big um, software approaches, you should use the big tools like EBM, for example, where you can do a very similar approach using SUSML and other things for the specification of requirements. And if you want to add single libraries very quickly and efficiently, the TCSW can be your best friend. Yeah, and there are so many libraries when you look to what your compiler includes, when you when he compiles the code, it's really uh, so many low-level libraries, functions added here and there. And um, well, that's uh, a mess for all those safety people that uh, need to make this compliant. And that's where we can help with the TCASW. We have seen today uh, about the TCASW, which stands for TCA software. And we have seen the commonalities between software and tools. And we have seen the extensions that we made for TCASW, mainly a configurable report generator and an automatically graphically generated architecture view of the software. Thank you for joining us in this episode and for tuning in throughout our first season. After 43 long episodes and seven short answers to your questions, we are rounding out our first season with a total of 50 opportunities to share our knowledge about tool and library qualification with you, our listeners. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the Validas Tool and Library Qualification Podcast so that you can be notified as soon as we start with Season 2. Starting next year, I will not be joining as your friendly representative of the audience, but Oscar will still be here to share his knowledge, experience, and to answer all your questions on tool and library qualification. In the description of this episode, we have shared several interesting links to other episodes we have published on the topic of TCA and other unique products developed by Validus. We have also shared a link to a video where you can get better acquainted with the topic. As always, if you would like to get in touch with us, our email address continues to be podcast at validus.de. We wish you all the best for the new year. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. And don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validas.